What's up, folks? Welcome to the fifth episode, five episodes of the Hit the Lotto podcast. I'm your host, Romo. I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, my normal co-host, the Raz, is a, if you've listened before, is a famous, world-famous chef. And uh, I'm sure he'll have a story to tell, but essentially I got a text message that said uh, one of his cooks fell on the ice and... So he had to go into work. So uh, I'll be uh, flying solo, but hopefully my uh, uh, my guess. And I see that the one is just backed out. If you can call back in there, pal, so I can connect you. But uh, my guest uh, this evening, we're going to talk about some coaching and get into what I love and live for is some coaching. Before we get into that, as uh, as we wait for our two guests to to come into the studio, our second one, Owen, come on in whenever you're ready. I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, reconnect if you're not. Uh, I, 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 normally, I start this episode, every episode, with a rant. First of all, thanks. You know, we only have a few people in the studio, but we always start slow. And then sometimes it builds, sometimes it doesn't. But a ton of people have been listening, uh, have been downloading this lots more than I ever thought was even possible for an idiot like me to uh, uh, start a stupid fucking podcasts and you know have some cool people on and and we did some cool stuff a couple weeks ago with, with gary and uh i think we got a cool one tonight we got a cool one next week so there's some cool people i i actually have learned that even though uh one of my guests this evening i, I don't even know him uh if we're being honest but uh but i i know oh great i know of him and uh, uh i don't think you are oh and you might have to disconnect and then reconnect back uh, uh, we've had we crossed paths, but I thought he would be a great uh, a guest to have on to talk about it. And and uh, we got a another fellow who has I have worked with, and uh, and Owen and I have worked together. And he's also worked around the world, so he's got some probably some interesting to say about it too. But before we get into it, introducing those guys on, normally <laughs> I go into a rant, and uh, at the beginning of every show, just a stupid shit that. I say about something stupid that's happened during the week, but this week isn't a rant, it's a plug. So I, you know, obviously we cook a lot at home and, and you try to do the right thing and, you know, eat healthy. And, and I'm a, uh, yeah, it's ended. So you have to come back in on. So, and I'm a fat fucker for you guys who know me. So, so, uh, you know, trying to eat healthy during, during COVID especially is hard to do, but we've been trying to do the right thing and, and have the right foods. But, I'm a hot sauce guy, right? Not a crazy hot sauce guy. Not like these fucking ghost pepper people that eat the fucking shit that makes you puke and pass out and shit. But I'm a hot sauce guy. So I have, I, I tried different hot sauces. I have to say, you know, as a kid growing up, like as an adult now, Tabasco is the fucking best. I, I, I don't care. Like it's people, like you get stuff with that's smoky and too hot. Tabasco is a fucking best. Good amount of heat. Not the hottest in the world. Good amount of heat. But it fucking makes food taste good. Like food tastes better when I ate it with fucking hot sauce. Maybe that's because I'm a shitty cook and that's why I have the rods on because he's such a good cook. But, but food just tastes better when you put hot sauce on it. But anyway, let's get out of there now and, and start talking coaches. So uh, my two guests uh, this evening um, one, as I've said, I've worked with in the past, uh, played against, you know, we've coached, we've all coached against each other and a couple of us coached with each other, but, uh, you know, played against him, uh, almost a friend through a friend thing, but, uh, he, he's, he ended up to, to take a career literally around the world in coaching and probably, Got paid peanuts, but had an amazing time doing it, and I'm sure he wouldn't change any of it. Uh, but Coach Owen O'Sullivan is with me tonight. Coach, how are you, pal? Are you there? Are you there, Coach? Ross, are you in? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me, John? Yeah, I can hear you fine. So something's wrong with Owen. So <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, the other pandemic for this time, you know, people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll just skip him and come to you because his microphone's not working. So we'll just skip him and come to you. So the, my my next guest, my second guest from uh, for this evening is, and ironically, no problem, Owen. You, you take your time. But uh, you know, um, we've we've I've coached across from him from you. Uh, I've coached across from you when you played. I know you've also played, you know, around the world. Literally, let's let let's let's face it. Uh, but 
you know, we, we recently became friends on social media, on Facebook or something. We recently became connections, which is fantastic. And, uh, um, just seeing things that you put up again, this is kind of with, with Gary, the way it was with Gary too, but seeing things you put up and, and I was like, you know what? I, I want to talk to this dude. I want to talk to him about his style, his coaching style. I talked to a lot of coaches around the country since I moved to Ireland and we can get into my story too about it, but it doesn't really matter. But uh, uh, coach Ross McKinley, welcome to the show tonight, pal. I really appreciate you coming. Thanks coach. I appreciate it. Happy to, Shoot the shit, as they say. Yeah. I mean, what, what else are we going to be doing in a lockdown, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know, completely. I know, I know. And I, I, it's, uh, can't get into training, can't go, you know. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, which makes it even harder as a coach. I mean, you know it's harder as a player and even to get getting into the sort of first, uh, you know, into, you know, what's going on and, and some of the philosophy and questions that I have for you. But you're absolutely right. I mean, like, like it's got to be as hard as it is for players, we know it's hard for players, and, and you know they're they're chomping at the bit to get out there. But uh, as a coach, it's got to be like, you know, it, it's already like herding kittens. You know, like you're, you're when you're when you're coaching, you're already kind of keeping it all together and doing what you can do, and you got a couple guys helping you, and you just keep them going, which is great, even if at the most disciplined of levels, it doesn't matter. But in this, you know, communication, how do you stay communicated with the guys? How do you stay communicated with the staff? How how do you handle it? Well, you know, luckily we're in this uh, age of the, the digital age, you know, uh, so it's as easy enough to keep in contact with uh, team groups on social media or group chats on WhatsApp and that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're lucky in that sense uh, that, you know, guys can, you know, as we've done up until the Super Bowl there last week, uh, you know, guys watching games together, sharing notes back and forth, you know, oh, there's that concept we run and, and, and stuff like that. Now, unfortunately, now we have to look at, uh, you know, we were, we were kind of hoping in March, you know, things might loosen up a bit. <laughs> Fat chance of that now. So we have to start looking at uh, expanding the, the digital program a bit more uh, in the hopes that, you know, maybe we get a little bit of field time again this year, maybe even a game, a scrimmage or two or something. You know, just just a little something. You know, like they say, a little flutter. We just need a little a little flutter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but I I know that the uh, uh, the league and I I wasn't I'm not I don't really want to get turn this into even league stuff or even you know anything about that stuff in particular. But I know that that you know it's obviously it's hard on them. They follow the rules. But you're right. I think that to to get a uh, something done as soon as it's safe to do so, it doesn't really yeah. matter. You know, as long as it's something, as long as some football is played. Yeah, but I think you hit the nail on the head there when you say, well, it's safe. You know, that's that's really got to be the first priority. I mean, yeah, we'd love to play football, but it's got to be only when it's safe. Um, and, you know, as we've seen with this third spike, you know, the, it, this thing will come back with a vengeance, this COVID thing. So, you know, got to be smart about it, both from the team level and then the league level. And I know they're doing, they're being real, real, real good about it. So, uh, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. It's... When we had uh, uh, when we had Gary on a couple of weeks ago, you know, it was a super, you know, it was a great uh, eye opener, I think, for some people, so even people who listened. I know, you know, it, it, you know, it was it was an eye opener about just, you know, look, things are good. Things are around the corner. Things are going to happen. Science is running its course. Let's let it let it happen, and we're going to play football football again. You know, and hopefully. That, that happens sooner than later, and we're looking closer to the end than we are to the beginning, you know? Yeah, yeah as they say, patience is a virtue, but it's not really one that you find in uh, football players, especially defenders. You know, you just kind of get that itch. You want to get out there and hit a few things, but, you know, everyone will be smart about it. I know that's the league-wide uh, mindset, so, you know, we'll get there. So talk to me about you. Like, how did how did you – not even about uh, your, your your playing days, or but, but how did you – you know, start. When did you? When did you kind of get the 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 want to get into coaching, and how did that transition work between you know becoming being a player and, and getting yourself into coaching? How how did that? Was it did it get forced upon you, or but were you ready? Was it a slow build? How how did you transition yourself from a player yeah, because it, it wasn't that long ago really into a coach? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I'll, I'll still put on the pads and play a bit of O line, but I know you will. Man. 
But uh, no, with, with me, I was such a nerd, you know, I was such a fucking sport nerd. You know, as soon as I played, as soon as I played the first season, I got the rookie uh, season under the belt. I was like, oh shit, I need to start learning more about linebacker, which was my first position. And, you know, pretty much started from there, started learning, uh, watching all the drills, looking up whatever I could and started giving pointers to some of the guys on the team at the time. And, you know, was pretty much linebacker coach year two for, for uh, all intents and purposes, you know. Uh, I just was that much of a football nerd. I mean, I'd played other sports before and I kind of maxed out at four years or something like that. But as soon as I played football, I was like, this is my jam. And, you know, 13 years later, here I am, you know. So it was it was almost pretty much instantaneous that I wanted to learn more and start to coach and, you know, get down to that level of detail. Ah, very cool. And after that, after that, though, yeah, it was like I went off. I played in Europe and Berlin and uh, came back uh, want, and, you know, wanted a bigger role. So it became, you know, took on the DC role at the time and so on. And then just a few years ago, yeah, I got onto the head coaching side of things. So it's been a sort of gradual progression. I mean, throwing a sprinkling of youth program and flag football in there as well. And, you know, kind of covered a, a, a wide number of bases there. Excellent. So, so like... We all have, I mean, you, you've seen, you've probably played for, you know, and and seen just about every type of coach in the book, every type, every style, you know, of, of coach in the book. And, I, you know, and not even if I were to ask myself, you know, I, I guess your players would be the ones that would probably put that through. But I think I always try to be, you know, always try to be, you know, assertive, fair and, and, you know, get the message. All I need to do, I feel as a, you know, my style is to get the message across. Like what, what are the, what is the message we're teaching them to have, you know, ha have coaching is, uh, uh, you know, have my have a good staff around me have coaching guys that are going to do the right thing that are on the same page but you know my style was you know I don't try not to get too you know I'm not I'm not an overly I'm an excited guy but not overly excited you know I, I always it was it's more of a player centric role kind of thing what what kind of what, what do you think your your traits are your styles are on the, on the sidelines is it, isn't that kind of uh, one of the the key roles of of you know the the, the head coaches and the people in the higher end of the spectrum, you kind of need to keep that level head as much as possible. Sometimes it can be tricky, but you kind of got to keep that uh, cool head about you. Um, now, of course, and, and I think that's what I, I try to ascribe to. And like yourself, you know, I've got some great coordinators around me with Steve Walsh and uh, your rival Ty Henry that, you know, that can get into, get into it a bit more than myself. I'll try and keep, on message in terms of this is what we're trying to do. This is how we want to work the defense or the offense or whatever it is. And, and, and then, as you say, you've got the, the supporting staff around you that really helped drive that home. Uh, you know, a, a, a sort of like a, an echo of what you've, what you've already pre preached to the team. Now, don't get me wrong. And I'm sure you're the same. If things start going, uh, let's say things start going south, you know, you'll, you'll lose the plot a little bit, you know, and, you know, there's been occasions sometimes, you know, as, as a DC, whatever guards would say, you know, Ross is patient, but don't, don't push it, you know, because then you get red Ross and, you know, that will come out sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll get the, what do you call it, Greg Williams style shouting and biting people's heads off and that kind of thing, but you try not to do that as much as possible. I, I like to try and foster uh, and encourage people, you know, build them up either as players or if they want to get into positional coaching, like, like was done for myself, you know? I, I totally understand. And then, so how about your, your, you know, do, do you, I mean, obviously the messages have to change, you know, uh, shit play by play, but game on game, year on year, but especially, you know, for, uh, you know, a team that, you, you know, coming where I came from, for instance, when, uh, when I moved to, to Ireland, you know, it was, you know, realistically, at the stage when I moved here, um, and we'll get into we get into the mental health part of it later. But realistically, when I when I moved to to Ireland, I mean, I looked up coaching or American football in Ireland, and uh, 
um, the team that came up was the team that I went that I looked at. I went to, I coached, and and ended up being went, going from knuckleheads to meeting you know friends for the rest of my life that both coached with me and played with me um, before you know kind of reaching a spot where I felt like my family and my age where I want to be, I need to be spending more time at home than with these guys because it's, it's too, too much. But one of the reasons that I was like that, because, you know, it was because I, I, so that helped me do that. I would say is that, you know, the coaches around you, like you said, you know, your job is, this is your job, but in order for you to do that job, you know, the coaches around you have to, you know, be the ones that are performing the tasks that you need, you know? So like when you, uh, again, it's not, even if you were not even coaching where you're coaching now, but coaching at any team, you know, what would you be, what would you be looking at as a head coach in your, just say your coordinators as your two coordinators, what, you know, are you, are you, is it your offense that you want them to, you work together on and that you want them to perform and you get, do they call all the plays? Is it, their offense, do you give them, you know, do you let them come in or what, what's your philosophy about the guys that you, you bring in with you that you want to work around? I like to keep it mutual. You know, I don't like to be that, uh, this is the way it's going to be done. And that's the end of, that's the wrong way to do football. I'm a firm believer in one, you got to like, you know, like, like the, the tired cliche is the ultimate team sport that's talking about on the field usually, but it works the same off the field, you know? So, you know, I'll, what I've done in the past is, you know, I've sat down with coordinators and, you know, we've both both brought to the table what we like to do and either we'll meet in the middle or, you know, if some if someone has a genuinely good idea, like, or way they want to do it, I'm totally fine to let them take the ball and run with that. Um, and, you know, if, if you got someone who's got plenty of experience, you want to bring, want them to come in and, you know, it's kind of like, all right, it's your it's it's your show go get it what do you need me to uh to do to help support you in that you know so for example like my experience on the o-line i'll look after the o-line if you need to just work with skill guys to implement whatever system you want to do something like that or if it's with uh, the defense you know uh, i can again my original position is linebacker so you know if i can help out what do you what, what do we want the linebackers to do i'll work specifically with them and if you have those right coordinators that allows me as a head coach to kind of float between those groups and support where needed as well you know because i picked up a good bit of info on each position group uh, and you know i can bring something to that so you know we bring that philosophy together both me and the coordinator and then look we find what's going to work best whether it's all right, you need me to run the show, call the plays, cool. You want to call the plays, great, whatever. You know, so I, I'm not a firm my way or the highway kind of guy. I know some people can be like that. And I just don't think that's the right approach to take with football because ultimately I really think everyone in football can bring something to the table, can teach you something new. Even if they're not as experienced as you, you know, they've got a different perspective and sometimes that can open up, a, you know, a, a different channel of thought for yourself as a, as a coach. Uh, and you can bring something new to the team. We've had guys on the team come to me with ideas and, you know, we've expanded on that and implemented new things. And I'm a firm believer in enabling that kind of that, that kind of approach. That's how you're going to build an organization, the likes of which, you know, I, I've experienced and I know other players have experienced in Europe, whereas in Ireland, you know, we're still a very young league. So we need to have all these different voices and people getting passionate about the, the team and the sport in general in order for it to grow into something like what we see in Europe. Awesome. I almost went, uh, uh, the, the, I almost took the, the left wing route to, uh, to, <laughs> the, the, to, to my coaching style, at least here, here in Ireland in a lot of ways. And that, you know, I, I, uh, I try to hire guys that I feel after our conversations and after our, you know, because I and again I knew nobody eight years ago, so um, everything that I have learned from other people was, you know, about coaches. There was no tradition there at all to my style or to my history. But I almost was like, look, you know, we're all going to learn this together, and uh, we're we're going to go through this process together, and I'm going to be there to, you know, guide you in every step of the way. But I'm also going to give you all of the rope you need to hang yourself. 
but I think that you're, I'm praying because of the choices that you're going to be able to tie that rope to the other side of the cliff and you're going to walk across it. You know, that's, and if you need me to pull for you, I'll be the first one to pull for you. But I'm also, uh, you know, there's been more than one occasion I know on a sideline and it, it's when you, when, when you, you, you know, this can't, don't screw this up. Don't do this wrong. Don't do this wrong. And you know that it was a, it was a play called decision or some, some decision that your coordinator made, you know, that you're just like, Dude, I fucking I'm giving you enough rope to hang yourself, but you are close to hanging yourself right now. You better uh, get us out of this and totally. motivate them to get us get us out of it together. Yeah, and that's how they're gonna learn though as well. I absolutely uh, believe in that. You know, you gotta learn from your own mistakes, as painful as it can be sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. both as coaches and players, you know, get your rotated players in and depth and okay, they might screw up, but hey, they're gonna learn. Hell, that's how I learned in Germany, making mistakes and didn't make those mistakes again when all the guys look at you after <laughs> you've given up a touchdown or something, you know? <laughs> Fantastic. I think it's – I want you in the room. Can you hear me? Yeah, baby, of course. That voice, I can oh, hear that voice. Perfect. Anyway. I don't know. It, it wasn't uh, the goddamn thing. I, I, I should say I am in IT, and I did fix it myself. I didn't Google anything. Don't worry. <laughs> you know? yeah man congratulations welcome welcome Owen. welcome into the show i i I know you've been you know trying to get all your all your stuff together there but uh we appreciate it uh i'm sure you know ross and we're just uh we're just hanging out talking some coaching i got some questions for you uh feel free to answer if you got questions for us just a whatever roundtable discussion uh but thanks for coming on man thank i appreciate you coming no, I'm mean, glad to be here, John. I mean, I haven't seen each other in a long time, so I'm glad to come in. And, you know, it's always good to get talking with Ross and other guys around the country, you know, who've been involved in football for so long. So I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. But, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll throw the the next one to you then because, uh, uh, you know, you've been, you know, since, since I've known you, you've been in at least two different countries coaching, right? Maybe three since I since – I, I, yeah, two full time, and then uh, I did, like we did. Uh, I went to camps in like a couple of other places. So like did like a weekend here in like Croatia, a weekend in Austria, and etc. But yeah, it was Poland and Brazil on two two different occasions in Brazil, and one in Poland were the uh, the full time ones. So so you you know how was do you have to did you find that that. Uh, what you not not necessarily what you learn because look you're not you're, the only education you're going to get is on, on you know on the job training and with 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 coaching I mean it, we're, we obviously we can you know especially in your position where you're you've you've been coordinating uh, and you weren't the head guy you worked for the head guy that obviously there was there was mm-hmm. a partnership there to 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 go through but you're style and your learning and even you know your head coach is an american fellow was an american fellow too uh you know do, do you find that your style and your your you know coaching has to change in ways between nations as you go and good bad and ugly do you find do you find that you you know that that based on either skill set or more so on on just you know how a player receives and processes and then spits out that information correctly. Do you find that, especially even with a language barrier, did that style have to change in order for you to, to, you know, get the same thing accomplished? Oh, absolutely, John. Uh, Like in Brazil, uh, you'll very much, you know, obviously, you know, some people like to use the carrot, some people like to use the stick. And no matter where you're coaching, you eventually have to use a bit of stick somewhere. But you find in, like in Brazil, they've got that, Latin thing is like they're emotional, they're passionate. A rah 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 speech will work there. In Poland, they're much more stoic. So you're going up in there, hey guys, win one for the Gipper, let's do it for each other. You know, half the team could be looking at you going, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, uh, so absolutely, like, like absolutely 100% different strokes for different folks. And like you said, it was a baptism of fire. Uh, like I went over to Brazil in 2014. And, you know, I'd done coaching with Drada and I'd done some with you and Russell, you know. But, you know, the jump up to, like, the semi-professional, well, like the coaches, we were professional, but, like, you know, you've got part-time players and a couple of Americans. 
the jump up was huge. And, you know, I pretty much was up at 6 a.m., you know, reading my manuals every day and making sure I had everything. Because the one thing, whether you shout at them, hug them, whatever, if you stand up with that whiteboard and somebody asks you a question and you go, uh, I don't know, you're done. You're done. You're done for the season. Like, you, no, there's no. That was the first bit of advice I was given. I said, "Don't ever stand up at the top of the room unless you know the answers to the questions." And obviously, I wouldn't know every answer. But during install, I would know the answer to every question because I'd only installed two or three things. So that was definitely the baptism of fire. As I was told, "Don't ever go up and not know what you're about to teach." And the other was from uh, my Viking friend, Kieran Cohen, because he had played in uh, Valencia and London. And I said, what was, uh, have you any advice for me, like jumping up a level? And he was like, well, it doesn't really translate to coaching, but the first day I went over to London Blitz, I picked the best player and I earholed the fuck out of him the first time I got the opportunity. So uh, it's pretty much, I didn't earhold somebody the first time I could, but uh, the first time somebody gave me shit, um, well, they didn't make that mistake again. I put I put my authority down, but yeah, definitely Brazilian guys. You know, much more of a you know, put your arm around them. You know, uh, win one for me. Like the Polish guys, definitely wanted uh, you know an authoritative air, but like they didn't want as much uh, mushy stuff. I suppose they respected your knowledge enough to just go out. I mean, Eastern European thing. They just go like, tell me to do something, and I'll do it. You know. I don't know. If, hopefully, I answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it actually, uh, I'm sure that that all three of us, uh, and you, you, you can say yes or no, or you can say no comment. But I'm sure that all three of us have experienced the, uh, the, the, um, the. Why don't you tell me, coach? <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the, when when, you, when they have a question for you, and and the coach doesn't know the answer, and so the coach, it, it's very good to say, well, why don't you show me what you would do in that situation? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've, we've, uh, all had, we've all had a few of those coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> I, I, and once you do it, like if it's something pretty simple, you're like, uh, you've lost a lot of the guys, and it's hard to get yeah. them back. And I just, it was kind of in like. As I got a bit better, so like my second stint in Brazil, you know, I'd been to Poland, I'd gone to clinics in America and done a few other things. I'd more confident. So the way I dealt with, there wasn't that very many, like in their second stint in Brazil, we had a good culture going where, you know, guys would ask you a question outside of the meetings respectfully. But my thing, like just to go on from like what Ross was saying in his last point is I'd be like, exactly. Uh, somebody coach, I don't think that works. Okay. Just hand them the marker. Show me, show me what you think. And I mean, nine times out of ten, they're just going to go, "Okay, the defender's here." And you go, "No, sit down, thanks." And then after that, <laughs> you d- you don't have too many guys like uh, questioning you again once they come up. A- they're not as brave to come up to the top of the room in front of sixty people if they make the mistake the first time. <laughs> no, you're you're that you're one hundred percent right. And for Ross, for you, um, you know. <laughs> Uh, Irish football, obviously, Owen, you were part of, uh, you know, if you, you talk about sort of, you know, the history of, of the sport. And again, you guys are probably both obviously much more knowledgeable than me. But uh, you both come from programs that were extremely well, good programs, well-run programs that won championships in this country. And you both, you know, what had those programs and both of you, you know, so the culture is there. Maybe, you know, Owen, with yours, it's a, possibly a little bit different because it's a it was a university program. So things, you know, players mm-hmm. may have changed. I, I'm not again. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I do see, you know, Ross, with you, you know, your program. I, I see those guys, you know, that they're they're my age and they're you know they're 50 years old and they're on the sideline for every every game every rebel game you know what i mean the culture there was uh i think you know it's very much instilled so so you know to to be have you ever been in a position there even as a head coach or you know coaching for your those prospective clubs even in ireland i see that you know they sniff out the bullshit pretty quick too even if they aren't as talented they sniff the bullshit out pretty fucking quick in this country. I think any every country, you know, no matter what, if you're an athlete of any sort and you see the coach kind of do that, you know, I noticed it here where, you know, I've had a couple guys that have, have coached with me and, and I've coached with a lot of guys here and, you know, where a guy 
guys that were head coaches that I was working for, even, you know, in certain cases, and I've worked for some of the best even here in this country. And I try to surround myself with the best here in this country. But, you know, there's been a few where you're like, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't say that that's not right. You know what I mean? That's not, you know, that's not right. And you can see the players check out. They, they may still, you know, give you that, that respect as the coach, but you can see some of the players kind of check out when, when you're not at least assertive enough to know your own playbooks. And I've seen coaches not know their own playbooks. Yeah, and, and we there was a guy that joined the team. I'm not going to name names, but there was no, no, uh, no names. This is just this is just philosophy guy. and talking, yeah. you know. Yeah, but there was a guy that came in and was, uh, you know, he was talking the talk. He had all this experience and you know all these great bonding ideas and fitness ideas or whatever else. But then, yeah, I could see some of the guys uh, asking him, you know, fairly simple or standard technique questions and. Yeah, he was kind of flummoxed or whatever, and yeah, the guys definitely sniffed that out, and you know, he didn't hang around long, and and I'm sure that'd be similar for you guys as well. You know, if you, if if you just talk the talk and you don't walk the walk, you you know, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, to- totally, really totally sniffing that out, like you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially again with at two programs that have you know history. You know, and especially my knowledge would be much more with, with with you guys, Ross, only because you're in the same city that I'm in, is that, you know, even from the short knowledge I have, I mean, the culture wasn't still the, the, the bad boys of football, you know, whatever people want to say about the culture, that culture was instilled a long time ago. So, I mean, I'm sure there's that because of even that culture that, you know, you got you got alumni that are sniffing out coaches as well as just players, you know what I mean? You got, you got a lot of people looking out for, for the program to pick that, especially when things start, you know, there's highs and lows, you know, to, how do we get this back together again? And, and the troops rally around and no, 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 we need football guys here. Like we, we can't, this is going a little pear shaped on us. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, so the next question I have for you is, uh, both of you is, is, uh, um, and it kind of ties into all of it again, you know, before we, we go into some other, you know, questions for you, but like, what, what part of your, like, like Ross, you said, you know, you're, you're the, you're the biggest nerd and you just wanted to get a thirst quest for, to learn. And, but what, you know, what, what, what do you find for anybody who wants to even get into coaching? What skill set do they need to draw themselves on? And what skill set do you kind of find that you, what skills do you draw, you know, go to the most, you know, for me, a lot of it is psychology, you know, for, as a coach, my, my, the skill set that I found that I, because, because, you know, it's not just about on the field, it's off the field too. When you're the head coach, especially for football team is understanding the psychology of the player, the individual player and taking the time to sort of, you know, learn about them. So if shit does go wrong, you can kind of pick it up and you can be that kind of one to pull it back. And that's, that's a skill that, you know, for me, one particular skill that I, I've I've had to learn and hone, and I think that that's one that I think I've gotten that, that coaching has done for me. But I draw on that a, a lot. I find that I draw on my you know sense of psychology to try to read individual players that that skill set as much as I can. How about how about you guys? How about you first, Ross? Uh, yeah, well, the, as you were asking the questionnaire, first thing that came to mind. Uh, I mean, psychology is part of it. First thing that came to mind as a skill to draw on is that passion be it for football or the concept in general that you're trying to coach up or just for the players and wanting to see them succeed, which I suppose feeds into your psychology point, you know, because, you know, like knowing all the guys on the team, you know, the certain guys work or respond to like Owen was saying, respond to the rah-rah thing. Other guys don't. They like the being pulled aside. Certain guys like to be pushed. Some guys like need time to grow and all that. So, you know, just, that passion for seeing those guys succeed and enjoy the sport of football that's that's the first thing first most important thing in my mind anyway and that translates on then into everything else that's going to be involved like the psychology of it all and everything else yeah sure absolutely how about you Owen? yeah i absolutely agree with everything too you said um i think uh to be confident speaking in front of people i mean it's just it's it's a very key thing. I mean, I was never, even as, you know, uh, in my early 20s, you know, you, you've met me, I'm, you know, a loud kind of gregarious guy, but it's to be able to talk in front of a group of people 
and to be confident. It's not just to talk in front of them. It's to be ready to be asked a question and to be able to give an answer and just to have this the attention of everybody in the room. Like, you know, definitely, because I know when we did the level one course years ago, you know, get everybody in a semicircle, make sure you're talking loud enough. And it is definitely a public speaking and confidence in your own ability is extremely important. So obviously, like Ross said, you've got to be a nerd about it. You have to know. That's why I don't go in day one and hand them a 60-page playbook. I do. Here's two passing concepts. Here's one run concept. This is what we're doing today. And I can answer a thousand questions. But if you ask me, if I try to install 40 things in an afternoon and you ask me a question, I might not know the answer because I've got a thousand things in my head. So it's to be, to not go ahead of yourself and be confident. And you've got to be confident in yourself to be able to tell people, you know, shut the fuck up or that's a good question. Maybe I'll answer it later, but still be confident that you're right. And I give you a good example like going to Poland and Brazil is great in the sense that, you know, and when Ross is in Germany, like the coach there is the coach. There's nobody standing up in the middle of the room going, you're a bit of a pillock. Now, when I went back to, when I got my hip operation and I was with the Vikings in 2017, right? We had a huge return of guys from Kieran Cohn and Liam Ryan to, from the 2002 and 2003 teams, all the way up to we had a big rookie class in 2017. So you had a Viking from every year. Now, half of those guys I played with, and they knew I was a terrible player. So immediately, they had never seen me coaching before. So the first couple of months there, I had loads of questions. And you've met Liam Ryan You've met Glenn Carr. Those are guys, if you get those guys to go eventually, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And they would ask the awkward questions. And I was able to go most of the time. No, see, Liam, this is why you have to do this, this, and this. Or see, Glenn, I'm going to do it because of this. And eventually, it was hard at the start because those guys remember you when they were the captain and you were a rookie and you were an average to poor player. So I was only able to stand up in front of all that team and command the room because I was prepared and I was confident in public speaking. And I really think if you're meek at speaking, that would be something I would say you have to work on to get into coaching, definitely. 100%. And actually, I remember when I was in my third or fourth year, uh, you know, starting to, starting to creep into being a vet on the team, uh, one of the guys on the team at the time, an experienced American player, came up to me and was telling me, all right, Ross, you're kind of one of the leaders now, and, you know, you're great at showing uh, how to do, uh, lead, show, lead by doing, but, you know, you need to be vocal more. And I tell you, I had to work on that for a year or two before it started to come a bit more naturally because I just wasn't that confident, mm-hmm. natural uh, public speaker in my awkward tween early years, uh, early 20 years. So yeah, that definitely needs to be worked on. You, you've got to be able to to hold your own out there in front of that large group of guys that are all worked up on the on the adrenaline testosterone after a healing session, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, Ross, I don't know. Are you, are you single? Are, are you are you a married man? Do you, do you have a family? I, I, not to, trying to 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 get too deep, but just because the next question has to has to do with you know how Thanks we handle something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was about philosophy. What the hell? It is about philosophy. It is. It is about philosophy. I mean, it's about philosophy, but I, I, I you know, it's about us as coaches too. I, here's why. Yeah, yeah, you know, you. I'm, I'm a, I'm a uh, married man with uh, uh, pushing fifty with a an eleven year old and a two year old. What the fuck am I thinking and doing? But <laughs> I moved. You know, I, I, I've been coaching playing since I was six years old. Coaching since college, basically. You know, uh, I moved to a fucking different country eight years ago for good, for no, not for to 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 play the sport or for anything for good because of my family because I wanted to, to find a different life for my family with my Irish wife. Um, you know, so for me, you know, basically what happened to me is that I threw myself into into that team and 
you know, we got we 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 got successful quickly. You know, the team got fairly successful fairly quickly after being, you know, not good for a lot of years, like a lot of years. And you know, when I kind of took over in the second year and became the head coach, you know. I, I don't, you can't do things half ass. You, you know, both of you know, understand. I mean, all of this stuff we're talking about is that, you know, passion and, and psychology and, you know, the work ethic to get there and how you, your leadership styles, you know, that shit takes a toll. Like that shit takes a lot of time and it takes a, a, a big toll on coaches. Like, and I, and it, you know, the, the league was you know talked about men's mental health and now with COVID we have mental health and but I, I'm like I know some crazy fucking coaches you know I know some coaches in my life that you know like you're like Jesus like this it just it became their life and that's great and that's what it is but for me it wasn't my life so I you know I couldn't do that not I wasn't getting paid I, I'm, I'm doing the best I can and because you know I want to know every player and I'm I, I'm actually to be honest with you because I wasn't as much as I'm about the football and I, and I love the football for me, it's about the, the men who are playing and all of them giving up their time. So I want to win, but I'd rather, you know, say that I have guys that respected me and that I've helped being people in character in society. You know what I mean? For me, it was a bit more, you know, again, leftist of me, but, but it was about, I want, I wanted guys who knew the X and O's better than I did and you fire away and let's get the, let's take these guys to be good people and to come together as a team and to throw their shit together. But that took a toll on me. You know what I mean? My wife and I got into umpteen arguments in you know while I was the head coach of, of the football team because I wasn't you know every you know two nights a week I was away from the house after work and then every other night I was like drawing up something talking to someone a player was calling me because they were having a problem with, yeah. with the girlfriend or some shit at two o'clock in the morning and I answered the fucking phone like that's what I do and it's how, how yeah. I was, you know, you know, and so it's got to take a toll. So that's why, that's the reason I asked Roz, I didn't mean to, to, yeah, to, no, to yeah. you know, do you even like, oh, not to, to give up, you know, what you and I had a conversation today when we talked about when I, I you know, I, I appreciate both of you guys coming on and uh, you know, you know, the comment was, you know, it'd be good not to talk to the dogs. And I know you love them dogs, man. But like, yeah. you know, like you said, you know, it, th this stuff all takes a toll. And for me, it took a toll. And that's why I kind of backed off for my own mental health, for my family. You know, how do you, how do you guys deal with when you were, when, you know, and for you, when you were doing, especially on the road, I mean, how do you deal with that grind? Because, you know, you got an administration, like, I, again, this is, I'll, I'll let you guys speak out. I'm talking too long mm -hmm. with the stupid question, but like, I didn't join my, my team. Like I, when I, when I'm with, with, whether it was the dragons or even the Panthers, you know, I, I love those guys to, to, to a man, but I never became a member because I always felt I'm the coach of this team. So I, I actually should be hired by the membership on a yearly basis. You should hire me back and tell me you want me to come back again. And I'm going to trust that all of the shit that you're doing off the field for promotion, when I need something, all, all of the shit you're going to handle game day, all of that shit is going to be handled because I'm not going to fuck with you. I'm not going to butt into your affairs as, a, as a, yep. a management team. But the flip side is you don't butt into my affairs as soon as we cross into the, onto that pitch. That's always the way I treated it. And, you know, some guys, you know, they would still call me with those questions, board questions, stuff, administration. But, like, I had to separate myself because I was so involved with the team and with the players. You know, for you guys, maybe it was different or not. But how do you deal with, like, all of those things that kind of hit you, like, from those different angles, especially when you're losing and now the team, you know, people want to make changes and you're, you scramble and your, your brain goes crazy. How do you deal with like how, how it's hard to deal with, but how do you deal with the kind of balancing your lives and, and being a head coach of a team? Because even at a volunteer level in Ireland or a coach on a team, it's, it's a, it's a fucking chore. It's a great chore. And I wouldn't, I love it. I loved every day of it, but it gets you tired and wears you down. Yeah, uh, well, I'll jump in first here. Um, well, first of all, I, I don't know how, John, because I know how much, uh, I know a little bit about your day job, and I, I don't know how you were even doing volunteer coaching a couple of nights a week with a family, because 
uh, for me, I mean, I've been single. I'm still single. Um, so every time I was traveling, I was only me and my bag, and I didn't have to worry about anybody else. And my family were always very supportive. Like, yeah, go see the world. Go do what you're going to do. Um, the only time it was hard to leave uh, was when I went to Poland, uh, was a couple of months after my dad died, and it was going to be the first time that there was going to be nobody in the house with my mother. That was about the only time it was tough to leave Ireland because nobody, the house had never been empty. But apart from that, any other time I went, I didn't have to worry about kids. So that was a thing I didn't have to worry about. And secondly on that, as it regards to when I was full-time coaching, like in Brazil, like we had everything we needed. We stayed in the hotel. We had a function room for meetings. We had two projectors. We had everything, offices. We had a spa. We had physio. You know, we had everything. We had a professional team. So with all the great power comes great responsibility. So, okay, my man, here's your money. You're getting paid to live in a hotel. Go and work. Go and do your fucking job. And I did. And you would have saw that some of the games we had in Brazil, like some of the teams wouldn't finish in the top two in IAFA, right? And they wouldn't even finish in the top four. And they were playing in a professional league. And like we were beating them 60-70-0. But we were still doing full-time eight hours in the office, then a meeting in the evening or practice, and then film study with players individually during the day, going to the gym, supervising workouts, and when it came to the playoffs, when the real the real season started, it was 12 to 16 hour days. And then in my hotel room, when I was chilling, my TV was hooked up to the TV in the room. And, you know, it's four or five, six hours sleep. Now, when we weren't working, we were at the pool. We were eating ice cream. Great. Looking at nice girls, obviously. But I couldn't have done that with two kids like you, John. So it doesn't matter whether it's volunteering or payment. I've been lucky, maybe unlucky, to not be attached, but I was able to pour everything I had into the job. And to be honest, it was kind of tiring at the end. I mean, I I tried to go back in 2019 to Hungary, but they were kind of offering peanuts. And then I just said I'd give it a year, and then the pandemic hit, blah, blah, blah. We're all in the same. But uh, it was kind of tiring. You know, the, the full-time 12 to 16 hours a day, six days a week, it's a... Doing even doing that single was not easy. So I doing it with a family, I respect guys that can do that. I really do. How about you, Ross? How do you deal with it? I am. I, I think I'm somewhere in between you two guys. Uh, you know, uh, in a relationship at the moment, or I've been in one in the past. You know, when I went to Berlin, uh, you know, the girlfriend, luckily enough, followed on a, a couple of months after I, I got there, uh, and so on. But yeah. I, I have found that I've gotten in trouble, let's say, that, you know, every Sunday uh, during the season uh, I'm, I'm off doing whatever or, you know, I'm watching film during the week and weeknights and that kind of thing. It definitely puts a strain uh, on, on any situation, you know, whether... I mean, I can't even imagine if you've got two young kids like yourself, John, but uh, like Owen was saying, you know, even if you're single and you're, you're you know, committed to, to working professionally as that coach in, in Brazil that's going to wear on you as well. So again, with kids, I don't know how anyone could do that. Um, So, you know, like all those college, high school, college and whatever pro coaches in the States, you know, I suppose they know what they're getting into when you're getting, when you're marrying a coach and you're getting uh, remuneration. That's uh, But uh, it's gotta be a strain. I mean, I've not had marriage and kids, but like, yeah, it, it, it drains you as you just, spend so much time because like we've all said you know you want to see your guys succeed one and having fun two winning and then three you know just in life like you're saying john as well and that takes a lot of time and effort and you know emotional effort out of you as well you know because you're invested in those guys and like you're saying if they have a problem you want to be there for them help them however you can as a man you know to be better in life you know for their their own families and whatever else they got going on because They'd, they're giving up the same as well, you know. They're, they're coming down on Sundays to play a game, you know, to take a, a bus trip other side of the country, go play a game in the rain, come back, you're gone the whole day and everything. So, yeah, everyone sacrifices a lot to, to, to play this sport, I think, especially in Ireland. 
I didn't know you're 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 one hundred percent right. And I think that was, you know, for me the the shocker kind of you know, was and especially now when you see the level of of play that's in the country over, you know, even since I've been here and how it's uh, much better it's actually gotten from from the beginning of of you know I, I used to when with, with with the first that my first day on the field with with you know with the dragons when I came onto the field was I, I, you know I, I think somebody somebody asked me it's a American football there longer but uh, somebody asked me you know after the practice like the first practice you know what, what you know what would you do and I went home and I got a, a bed sheet a single single bed sheet and I took it back to the next session and I had two guys hold a bed sheet and I just had them you know learn a three-point stance and how to take a first step underneath the bed sheet and I said we're gonna have to do this every single day yeah <laughs> for the entire year like and, and you know so they were like what you know how was it and, and the irony was as an American it was you know this is what I literally came when I moved to to Ireland uh, my last coaching gigs were with kids uh, from seven to 12. And it was the most rewarding, unbelievably fun, uh, most amazing coaching gigs I ever had. But I was teaching, you know, I was teaching these guys that first day, those first couple of days, you know, I was teaching these guys those those lessons, you know what I mean, where at, the, at that stage. So for me, there was a little bit of a culture shock there. But to see where, how, how far it's come you know, in the, those few years and, you know, with a national program that's won games internationally, like, you know, because of that, like, it's, it's, uh, it, it's pretty impressive to know that, there, you know, that there are guys out there that are putting in the time and the effort for these teams that aren't just, you know, you know, just going through motions because it's a fun thing to do on a Sunday anymore. You know, there's, there's the, the level of quality that I've seen here since I've moved here has been, has been really cool to see it progress. You know, how are you guys seeing it over? You've seen it for a lot longer in Ireland than I have, you know, how do, how have you guys seen, you know, sort of how the level overall, not just those couple guys that knew, but, you know, overall, you know, have you seen a, a, a surge in, in how, you know, your generation were the ones that were learning this stuff and getting into the coaching, you know, and, and now you, you guys have had some amazing answers for the stuff that you're, you're, you even talked about tonight in the way you approach your style of coaching, but you know, that wasn't necessarily a style of coaching when you guys were of that age. Now maybe, maybe it was, you know, in certain cases for you all, maybe it was for both of you guys, but, but I'm talking about Island wide. It wasn't necessarily, you know, that style. And now you're kind of seeing it and, and it's quite serious, even at the lowest level where they're just putting together teams like, you know, they're, they're, you're, you're still seeing a, a quality there that, you know, is, is, you know, getting to be impressive. How, how, how do you guys feel about about the you know how it's come grown in the country? Yeah, back back when I started, uh, you know, it was I think eight teams maybe. Uh, you know, and what are we at now? Thirty some some odd across the three divisions and everything else. Like it, it's expanded so much from when I started. And just to speak on the level of play, yeah, absolutely, it's advanced so much from when I started. It was kind of the smash mouth eye form. Uh, smashing the a gap kind of football, you know, uh, the odd pass thrown in here or there. But now you see teams out there and they're running a lot more pass first uh, style offense. You know, it's it's become a much more finesse kind of league uh, with that development in skill, both on and off the field, in terms of coaching as well. And I think that's you know a testament to guys like Owen and uh, Garnett and done all this work around the world and guys like yourself, John, coming here and, you know, imparting that passion to guys that are passionate about the sport, passionate enough to, you know, give up that whole day on Sunday and everything else. And, you know, like I say, that passion has just sort of grown uh, so much, especially in the last few years. Uh, and you look at the national program coming in as well, which is just, you know, a reflection of all that work that guys have put in over the last 10, 15 years, something like that. It's actually just to follow up on that. I mean, just it, I mean, just as it just hit me that all three of us would be coming from you know doing things internationally and then you know coming home or doing things here and then going away internationally. But Ross, do you feel that when you, you know, obviously you you went to 
to Germany for a reason. You know, you play, you learn a game, you played it, like you said, you, you know, you were a nerd at it and you became good at it and you had, you had physical ability as well, obviously to get you to, to go over and play there. Was your, was your baptism, was it a baptism by fire for you there to that, that really like, I mean, you alluded to it a bit early, but did that really motivate you to, to, you know, be a oh, shit, man. I like, Things gotta be. Things gotta change back in Ireland. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could yeah. take this back. I could take so much of this back there, and I could teach so many fucking people some good fucking technique and, and stuff here. Did that? Did that really help to motivate you to, to you know? Did going away help coming back into into the country to to grow it to I, build it? Absolutely. I, I remember my first year there, uh, playing in uh, GFL two. Uh, I basically. How I described it to friends at the time was like I've basically been re-rookied. You know, I have to forget all the cruddy technique that I had picked up in Ireland and relearn linebacking again the right way. And you know, that was like just a complete switch the brain off, you know, like uh, Owen trying to get into this uh get get online here today, switch it off and on, you know, and reboot. <laughs> um, so I had a lot to learn and, and yeah, I it just really opened up. Then the next year, you know, playing in GFL one I tell you, before my first game was we were running out onto the field to play uh, the Adler. I tell you, there was some butterflies in there. You know, the, there was like 5,000 people in the stand and stuff like that. And it was just a whole other level playing in the top league. But that's what I was going after. That's why I wanted to go to Germany and to go to a team that might have a chance in that top league. And I tell you, yeah, absolutely. I learned so much there. Uh, like every every week, uh, you like playing online there in, the, in GFL 1, every week, was a challenge, you know, like every guy opposite you was, you know, a baller. And yeah, okay, they'd kick your ass on one play, but then you'd kick their ass on the next play. And, you know, the, the parody there was was fantastic. And that, that really drove me when I was there. And that's something that I've wanted to see uh, since I've come back, you know, and, and you start to see it in the league now. You know, th there's not as many of those games from back in the day when it was like 60 to 3 or 60 nil or whatever like that. You know, it's a lot more... 2030 kind of contest or you know closer than that you know so it's it's fantastic to see that and that's what i really wanted to bring back to the club but also to to see uh develop in, in the irish league so that you know eventually we get that national team or you get uh irish clubs playing in uh, the european tournaments uh going up against some of the big ones awesome how about you on how, how have you seen them because you kind of you know, again, here you went away even for an even longer period of time. I mean, you've been on the road for quite a bit. You know, how how have, what what are your feelings about the the growth of the sport? You know, inside of the country itself. Well, I definitely think, uh, like like Ross, it's it's kind of night and day. I, I put it to you this way: when I my first two years, let's say in Limerick, um, you know, we'd have our training on Sunday, go to the go have a shower, go to the stables uh, later on. Uh, we'd watch the NFL at night and we'd all be drinking pints, looking, oh, what a hit, what a hit. Look how hard he hit that guy. But now we were watching the Super Bowl uh, two weeks ago, the same group of guys on Zoom. And instead of just roaring at how good a hit was, we're arguing about why, what coverage they should have been in and whether they should switch to a three-man front instead of a four-man front. So that's just our journey alone, we'll tell you. For it's the same group of guys from 2006, where our special teams were written in the back of uh, a Benson Hedges box before the Shamrock Bowl, like we've come a long way. Like, we have come a lot. Like, like we're we're at the stage now where we're arguing about the intricacies, whereas it's just like, hey, you're in the wrong gap. You should be in the other gap. So, it, just from my experience alone, the the level has come on such a high level. And you know, you go to any you know of the teams around the country, and you're like. Okay, this week is offensive install and defensive install. I mean, it used to be just, do we have 20 guys? Yeah, just go and hit each other for an hour. We'd install some plays from Madden because there was no YouTube. So it was like guys reading books and looking at Madden football. So I definitely had an agreement with you guys talking about the Irish setup. The The first day when I was helping at Russell with the, even the under-20s Irish team, um, the first day that I was up in the National Sports Campus, it was kind of a, I wouldn't even say it was emotional, but it was like I stood back and I said, Jesus, from wearing helmets with no pads in them and, you know, writing our special teams, we're finally being, we're fine. The league has finally been treated 
like a real sport and we're at the top table with everybody else. So the level has just been huge. Um, and as for like going away and to come back, I mean, I wanted to, as soon as I started playing and I was getting, to, like I was a mature student in college. So like, I mean, I was 25 my rookie year. So I knew it wasn't going to be a long and fruitful play, playing career. Um, and I got into, once I got into coaching with like uh, Russell, I was like, you know, I, I think I could do this as a job. And I, everywhere I went, I wanted to make myself the best coach because like, as Ross said earlier, you know, you're there, to, whether it's a volunteering job at an under 12s or you're being paid in a professional league, you're there to make sure those guys are safe. They're the best players they can be and they're the best people they can be. And, you know, it's very important to conduct yourself in the right manner. You know, that's definitely something I would have got. Like my dad was always like that. You know, it's, first, it's not just a first impression. It's a second impression. It's a third impression. And, you know, there's guys in Poland, there's guys in Brazil who call me when they're having an issue now and be like, what do you think about this? And, you know, and it'll always be like that, you know. And I think that the amount of growth I had from being a coach, and I haven't given up on it yet, but, you know, just at the times we're in, I always strive to, you know, be the best I could be, and I'm still doing it. And I think, you know, I think, you know, the stoppage in the league here in Ireland is not going to be good. You know, we're going to have two years without football, it looks like. But I obviously want to be involved at some point in the growth of the game in Ireland, for sure. You know, definitely. I think you you already are, man. You already were. You know, you got nothing to worry about there. I'm sure that, you know, anybody would will, will be calling, that's for sure. Uh, look, guys, I, I planned on talking to you guys for a half hour. And, uh, you know, we're over the hour mark and uh, and... I just want to say, um, you know, I totally appreciate, hopefully we can continue this, uh, this conversation down the road. Uh, maybe I, I, we do it monthly. I, I, I don't care. I'll check in with, with you guys and see how we're doing and check in with you monthly and, and say hello. We'll bring some other guys on, but, uh, you know, thanks you know, both of you, you know, kind of for, for coming on and, and helping me out and, and doing the podcast and, and, you know, joining me and ross thank you so much like i said you know we we don't even we didn't even know each other and, and for you to uh you know come come in and uh you know have a chat with with somebody you don't even know i, I you know i appreciate oh and i expected you because frankly you know we're kind of the, both just as dumb as each other so i think we get along really well in that regard you know what i mean i'm never claimed to be a smart guy and i think that's why i needed you know i, I learned uh fairly quickly from from talking to gary a couple of weeks ago that uh ross is probably the definitely the smartest guy in, in the room so i appreciate you despite all those smarts coming on and, and joining me tonight pal thank you so much for doing yeah. it Hey, look, it's not the thing with football. It's, uh, it's, it's cheesy as it sounds. It's the international brotherhood. You hear someone's a football player, immediately you're going to have a beer and say, all right, what you do? You play coach, blah, blah, blah. It just brings people together. And I think that's why we love it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Owen, oh, the same thing to you. I mean, we, we, you know, it's a shame that we had to uh, do it over a podcast. Now when I hear your voice, like we need to, we need to have a, a regular conversation, buddy. But, uh, you know, thanks for, for joining me on the show, and I, I totally appreciate you coming on and getting over your your technical difficulties and, and joining <laughs> up, man. I appreciate you coming on, pal. Hey, John, I really enjoyed it, and it was like you know, it was great to hear all the stuff Ross had to say. I mean, we've been across the the line from each other about a million times, but it's good to like have a a conversation between all of us. And look, John, I I ain't going anywhere for the next few months, so I'm available for talks anytime you want. <laughs> awesome. I took that one last question just because it, it, it was on my mind and I, from, a, from a coaching point of view uh, uh, before we go. So <clears throat> last week I, I spent a, a lot of uh, – a lot of time on Tom Brady and talking about how much I respect him and all that, all that shit. But uh, then um, we saw after the, when they won the, the, the trophy, they won the Lombardi trophy that at, at the parade or whatever, you know, you see the photo of Tom Brady, the video of Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy across from one boat to another. And <clears throat> I know that, you know, a lot of people are like, come on, let him go, let him enjoy himself. Let him have but I got to tell you like that, 
Do you think Vince Lombardi would be happy to find out that that, that trophy and his name was thrown across the thing, man? Like, that, did that irk you guys when you saw it or not? I know this is out of left field, but I, I just have it on the list here of a, a bunch of things. But I want to hear you guys, your your point of view as a coach is what you think or thought about that happening. Would you ever throw uh-huh. the Shamrock Bowl? Uh, well, no, because it's made of crystal. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, exactly no, I, I, it didn't uh, for the simple reason of like I mean, I wouldn't. I was never like like a Patriots fan or like a Brady lover or hater. But one, he's after coming out of like nineteen seasons or twenty seasons under like a strict taskmaster, and he's just enjoying his football. And you know, if he wants to get drunk and mess around, I mean, you know, I kind of say. If, go ahead but the, the other thing was even if it fell into the water I mean they're all billionaires they can get scuba divers to get it out it's not like it was going to disappear <laughs> <laughs> alright alright how about you Ross I, yeah I get the idea that you know it's, uh, it's the Super Bowl trophy the Vince Lombardi trophy but maybe we should start thinking about calling it a Tom Brady trophy because yeah. uh, any other franchise I, I know, know. So, I, uh, let him right. have his fun whatever he's, he's old <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome guys once again thank you so much for uh, for joining me in the show uh, hopefully we can we get some folks listen to it I'd love to and, and I'd love to have you guys both back on again when uh, when uh, uh, when, whenever you want shit I don't care I do this oh, yeah. thing every week and all I do is, is talk shit I don't even know if you've listened to it but all I do is you know talk some smack try to have some good guests on and, and have a good conversation so thanks guys for joining me thanks you guys for listening out there I hope everybody enjoyed themselves this is Romo Hit the Lotto podcast number five we're out